Now it's time for Inspirational Women. And my guest, Killian No, founding director of Recovery Cafe, a truly incredible nonprofit that is making a difference in so many broken lives, helping people to find healing and hope. Killian No, it is so great to once again have this opportunity to talk with you. As I was looking back at my calendar, it was really just before pandemic times. It was at the end of 2019 that we last talked, and I, a lot has happened since then, hasn't it? Oh, my goodness, yes. But it is such a joy to um, connect with you again, Kate. Thank you so much. Well, you know, I am really grateful to have this opportunity to you because of the work that you're doing, because of Recovery Cafe, and especially when I look around me in Seattle these days, I know at least there's hope because Recovery Cafe exists when I see all the need that is out there. But I don't want that to be daunting to you because one organization can't do it all. Definitely not. And there's so many great organizations leaning into the need. You are so right, Kate, though, that the need for affordable housing in Seattle is just painfully obvious to everyone. And there are at least four other critical responses needed if we are to really help lift people out of homelessness and addiction and some of the other mental health challenges that are very real and painful for the people we serve at Recovery Cafe. So the one that really strikes me so much so often is, and and you mentioned mental health. When I see some of the people on the street, it's so obvious there is some kind of a mental health illness condition existing. And yet, you know, what do we do? I don't know that very enough or very much is being done. What do you see? Well, you know, we could probably talk for an hour on each of these responses that are desperately needed, but I'll just name them. I think we need a commitment to prevention in all its many forms. We need a commitment to a healthcare system that truly views mental health and physical health as two sides of the same coin. There's this unnatural separation that is very artificial and there's no separation in the human being you know human beings that what affects our mental health affects our physical health and vice versa so we need that uh, deeper commitment to that kind of a healthcare system and i think we're moving in that direction we have some good leadership in that direction third we need treatment available to everyone, regardless of whether they have a luxury insurance policy. We need treatment available to everyone, kind of like an emergency room that anyone could walk into. We need treatment to be there for people when they are ready to walk in. And then the one that I love to talk about the most is we need ongoing authentic community. We really need uh, ongoing authentic communities on every corner of our city where 
people who have followed through the cracks for whatever reason can walk in and experience being loved and supported and and known, deeply known. That's where Recovery Cafe comes in. That's the it's that fourth response that I think is is our special sauce. And I was just thinking that that Recovery Cafe is that model of being that place where someone who really finds themselves in just not a good place knows they can go there and receive some degree of help. That's right. So the thing is, though, you now have two locations in Seattle, correct? Yes, we do. We have um, um, the Boren Avenue Recovery Cafe, and then in in Soto, we have a recovery cafe. And the thing that is very exciting, um, Kate, that I'm sure we talked about in our pre-pandemic interview, but one thing that has continued to grow in our work is our recovery cafe network, which is the branch of our work devoted to helping raise up other groups in other cities. And that has continued to grow. You know, during the pandemic, everything has been more challenging. Uh, for, I mean, I've, that's kind of a, a, an understatement. And in every industry, it's been more challenging. And in and, and our work has has been no exception. But surprisingly, um, these amazing, inspiring groups all across the country continue to reach out to us and say, hey, we are going to lean into this, this growing need in our community. Will you walk alongside us? And so it's been the greatest joy I guess one of the greatest joys of my life has been uh, being a part of this team, the Recovery Cafe Network team, that that literally uh, walks alongside these groups in other cities, and um, and we get to to meet the most amazing people, providing that authentic community in their cities and their towns. And we did talk about that prior to the pandemic of how the expansion was going on. I, I know California, and it seemed to be on the East Coast as well, wasn't it? Well, yes, we have uh, one in Washington, D.C. Uh, the San Jose Recovery Cafe has really become a leader in that region of the country. And um, we have a, another area. Who would have thought this? I wouldn't have thought it. But we have another area of the country where the recovery cafes seem to be exploding, and that is the state of Indiana. And so all told, as of October 25th, when we launch our ninth cohort of groups, our ninth training for groups, we will have a total of 37 groups in the Recovery Cafe Network. Wow. That seems 
like a really good number, but I'm going to say that it's probably far short of what is really needed. Definitely. It's so far short of what's needed, and yet we have been walking alongside these groups, learning and deepening, and learning how to best support the groups, and I just have this feeling that we're going to reach a tipping point where the word will, and you're part of helping us with that case, but I think we'll reach a tipping point where the word really gets out and there will be, I guess this is my, uh, this is our vision that there really will be a recovery cafe in every town and city across the U.S. and beyond. Uh, Not because the Recovery Cafe Network wants to take on that much work. It's just the need is so profound. And, and the need is so real in every town and city across the U.S. and beyond. So so that's our vision. And it seems to me here in the greater Seattle area, there is... It feels like there's more need than maybe in other parts of the country, but I just know that we have such a need here. You mentioned, of course, with the homelessness, with the mental illness, with the addiction. So it it's it feels like it's really grown um, through the pandemic. Part of it may be just the nature of the, these conditions that affects us and if we're already kind of in a in a somewhat uh, precarious position it might put us over the edge no question that this pandemic has been difficult and 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 so many have uh, found that their mental health has deteriorated during this time of isolation. I mean, think about it. We, we always say that connection is the antidote to addiction, and, and connection is what um, helps us heal from mental health challenges. It's not the only, it's not the only response needed. But it's a crucial response. And, and just think about how, how many people have lost connection during this time, during it's, this pandemic. It's been huge for everyone. And, and so then we think about those who are most vulnerable it's probably multiple times worse in their situations. No question. No yeah. question. You know, when the pandemic first hit, we, knowing that connection would be crucial, whatever happened, we didn't have any idea just how bad it was going to get. I'm thinking probably very few people had any idea. But but when it first hit and we knew that we couldn't gather people in the same way, in the same numbers, in the same amount of space. Uh, We couldn't do that safely. The first thing we did was purchase phones for 
all of our members who didn't have phones so that we could reach them. And we stood up a program, a teleconnection program, so that we could call and connect with them on a regular basis and invite them to participate in Zoom recovery circles. And so that that teleconnection program, which has proven to provide really meaningful connection to our members, that will continue in some ways, even as we welcome people back into our space physically. And that's, that's one of the silver linings, I guess, of this time is we were able to add a dimension of support that we hope will continue in many ways. Um, virtual support along with the physical connection with people. So that sounds really like a, a great thing that came out of it. It makes me think a bit about how schools then were providing uh, eventually tablets and, and forms of uh, uh, that kind of thing to the students so they could continue to doing be doing classes online. It's kind of analogous to that, isn't it? Yes, it is. And, and I think as the schools discovered and as we discovered, there's no good substitute for, you know, one-on-one or a group in-person connection. Right. But it was the thing that we could do safely in during those crucial months at the beginning. And I can see going forward that sometimes there might be some sort of many different kinds of challenges to being able to get together in person. So being able to have that phone to be able to do a, a Zoom call would be better than no connection. Absolutely. I mean, I, I had women in my recovery circle, which was a Zoom circle, and has now resumed to a meeting in person. But during the months that we, we gathered over Zoom, several of the women said, this is saving my life. You know, it's the it's my human connection during this time when I'm afraid to go out. You know, I'm afraid of, I'll get sick because I have a underlying health condition that makes me very vulnerable mm-hmm. to uh, this virus. So, it, yes, it was a lifesaver. And, boy, are we really glad that we're at least coming to the other side. We're nearing the other side. We are welcoming people back into our space. We've got recovery circles, in-person meeting at um, both the Soto site and the Bourne Avenue site, and all the other recovery cafes that have been launched. They are all back meeting and welcoming people back with some restrictions still, because we still serve a, a vulnerable population. Many of the people we serve have not had the health care they've needed throughout their lives, and that that leaves them even more vulnerable to this virus than those who have had great health care their whole lives and are somewhat strong in that way. So, yeah, we're uh, 
operating with joy and with some restrictions. Uh, the, as I mentioned, the social distancing, the wearing a mask. We are able to serve meals inside our cafe, as we always have really great meals. But we're also serving uh, two meals a day to go. Over 50,000 meals during this time have been served, and we, we are not stopping that yet, the to-go meals. We've started the in-person meals, but we haven't stopped the to-go meals. So let's look at that, at both the meals that you provide on site and the to-go meals. Being able to supply that doesn't come out of just the air. It doesn't just kind of descend into your space. How are you able to do that? Well, we have been incredibly blessed by supportive individuals, generous individuals, and foundations and some support from King County. And we've just been very, very, very blessed. And the reality is that our fundraiser, our annual fundraiser, we have probably maybe I would say a third of the people logging on to our virtual fundraiser this year. I think people are kind of burned out on virtual event and so we we really still need support from anyone who feels drawn to going onto our website and hitting the donation button it is something it is a way of leaning into the need and we would be very grateful for anyone who feels drawn to lean into this need by supporting recovery cafe and so let's give that website so that we can push that donate button. Yes, uh, you know, www.recoverycafe.org. And while you're on the website, um, just read about some of the people who Recovery Cafe supports. And not just supports, you know, one of the dimensions of our special sauce is that <laughs> Everyone at Recovery Cafe is seen as a contributor, as someone with gifts to offer. And so we don't just receive people walking in the door and give them services. We invite them to be a contributor to the community and to find ways that uh, give them purpose and meaning because that's really what we all need, right? Hey, I mean, I know you know that. We all want to be contributors. Yes. We all want to uh, participate in the healing of others. Right. So that is just a perfect point at which to ask you about yourself and members of the community being engaged in conversations with whoever they are, the powers that be at the city and the county level, to work out what the solutions are, to come from a perspective of someone who knows rather than, you know, I sit in my lofty castle and say, here's what I think you need. So does that kind of connection happen, Killian? Well, we have had many uh, city council 
persons visit Recovery Cafe and listen to the needs of our members. I think more of that is needed for our members to share their stories. But we have had many opportunities for our members to share their stories in settings where they can be heard by elected officials. That is good to know, because I think having that firsthand experience really is a world of difference to how we move forward to solutions. I think so, too. I think um, relationships are what change us, and we, we need to have real relationships with people whose life experience has been different from ours in in so many different ways. Um, and then that that changes us and ultimately changes our world. Yes. And having that kind of an engagement uh, really, I think, speaks somewhat toward. It's not, you, you want what you are aiming to is to have greater authentic community, but certainly a part of that community is engaging with those who um, are in positions of, of power, if you will, to, um, you know, to, to really communicate to the, to the greater community how we're going to all engage together. I think that's, that is the ideal, yeah. you know, to to have people who are in powerful positions truly engaged with people who have literally been left out um, uh, left out of so much of what they uh, needed I, I think that the idea would be to have more of those relationships that cross those barriers. I think our world will be different if we can um, nurture those kinds of relationships. So just thinking about what has gone on and seeing that we've, we really seem to be slipping further and further into m- more challenges for more people, the vulnerable of our communities, that there hasn't been enough of it. So that one of the changes would be we really need to have that kind, more of that engagement. Otherwise, we're just going to keep recreating what we've had. I think that's... Um... Well said, Kate. We we definitely need more of that engagement, and we as a society need to make. Uh, we need to recognize that that what we are seeing, the number of people who are going without housing and without the treatment they need, and without the support they need, we have made those choices as a society we have made the choices not to invest in the ways that were needed um those are choices that we've made so i i 
I think if we could have authentic relationships with some of the individuals who are suffering from the lack of support, support supportive housing, um, health care, treatment opportunities, and even community, I think if we if we had more authentic relationships with people suffering in those ways, that might affect the choices that we make. But but make no mistake, we as a society are making choices that leave people out. And in doing that, I guess what I was seeing by not including and having the authentic voices come forward to be heard and work for solutions together might be where the anger erupts from. Are you referring to the anger on the side of the people who have had what they no, need? Who don't have what they need. Who don't have. Who haven't had what they need. They haven't had what they need. I think there may be anger on both sides. You know, I, that real relationship and real engagement might lead to a deeper understanding of the one that is perceived as the other on both sides. Uh-huh. I wonder. I wonder. Well, yes. Which is why then that's where the need is. Let's come together to have the conversation so we can unravel that and come to a place of understanding. Well, if we don't come together to know each other, then it's way too easy to demonize the other Mm. in a number of different ways, politically, religiously, you know, just a number of different ways. If we can't listen to each other, it's easier to demonize the other. So can I say then at Recovery Cafe, there is a place, a safe place, an open place to really come together for these conversations? Well, one thing for sure, part of our special thought is to create places where people can be deeply known and deeply loved. And part of being deeply known is being able to share whatever it is you're really wrestling with. And so we're very committed to that. And from the very beginning, part of our special thoughts has been to invite people who have had what they need to thrive to come in and be in conversation around the table with people who haven't had what they needed to thrive. And so that is also part of our special sauce. Where I would like to see more of that engagement is I'd like to see more of our political leaders, elected officials, in those kinds of conversations. Yes, precisely. And you said a little of that has happened with some of the city council coming in to have conversations. But it has to happen just more frequently, regularly. If it happens more regularly, and then we have at least a move to authentic solutions. Yeah, it might be happening more regularly in other places, but... We would invite that to happen more regularly in our space as well. 
Well, if anyone is hearing that and has that connection or is that connection, then just know, right, Killian? They're invited. Yes, they're invited, for sure. (laughs) You are invited. The other thing that I think it's really critical to mention as time really winds down for us is the need for the support to keep on doing the work that is being done with Recovery Cafe and to really keep it growing. So you mentioned how the fundraiser was not attended to the degree it would have been if it was an in-person event. Let's mention the website and say that the need is great and every single dollar helps. That is so true. That is so true, Kate. Thank you for supporting us by naming that. And, you know, here's the thing. We invite people to be a part of us. I think when whenever we reach out to share, to give, I know in my experience, I get more out of it than the people that I'm reaching Mm -hmm. out to. So I would hope that would also be the case, that anybody who looks on our website and chooses to participate by making a gift, my hope is that they would feel a a deep joy and more of a connection with the people we serve, because we were created for this deep connection with each other. And I think we're you know, I, I often say we deny the oneness of the human family mm. at our own peril. Yes, precisely. That is what we have to just wake up to, the oneness of us. Well, Killian, no, as always, it's just such a gift to have the opportunity to speak with you and hear about the work so that we are reminded and hopefully then re-energized to be part of the work, to be authentic community among us. Well, it was likewise. It's always a joy to speak with you, Kate, and I so appreciate your spirit and your commitment to the people we serve at Recovery Cafe. I sense that very deep in you. And I thank you for that. Well, me trying to grow and be part of the solution so that we create this better world for all of us, right? Yeah. Yes. Thank you, Kate. Oh, you are so welcome, Killian. That brings us to the end of a very full hour of Inspirational Women with Killian No and Sunday Morning Magazine with Doug Setter. I'm Kate Daniels, your host, and I greatly appreciate your sharing this hour with me and these special guests. For details you might have missed or information you'd like to know, please just send me an email, kated at warm1069.com, and I will get right back to you. Also, if you'd like to listen again or share these important stories with your family and friends, Find the podcast on our Warm 1069 webpage. Just click on the podcast tab, then either of the show names, and then look for the guest names. I now wish you and your family a day of good health, the physical as well as the mental and emotional health. Have a week of the same, and then please plan to join me again next weekend for another hour of Sunday Morning Magazine and Inspirational Women on Warm 1069. Good morning and have a memorable Thanksgiving week.